This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. I'm your host for today, Adam, and with me to discuss all things Argyle, we have Sam. Hello. We have Nick. Hello. And we have Louis. Hello. Remember to make sure you never miss an episode of us chatting away. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And for all your Argyle news, opinion and analysis, whatever you like, you can follow us across social media. That's Argyle Life on Facebook Argyle Life 1886 on Twitter and Instagram, and of course our website Argyle.life. So since we last spoke, it's yeah, it's been a fairly eventful time for Argyle. We've had a couple of games, a disappointing defeat at Port Vale, and a better performance, but another fairly disappointing result with us losing a 2-1 lead in the 85th minute at Crawley. And I'm happy to hand it over to whoever wants to speak on the panel first, shall we say, Sam. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, um, I have to, I'll be completely honest with you. I've only seen the highlights of the Port Vale game. I haven't actually seen it all the way through yet. It doesn't sound like a very inspired performance at all. Maybe I'll let Nick talk it about that in a minute because he's seen the full game. It sounded like we were pretty poor. Uh, I was at Crawley last night. Me, me Nick and Louis were all uh, stood in the same part of the stand. We, we met up, met up oh, at the very game. very nice. Yes, indeed. Um, we, yeah, much better performance than a lot of the other ones uh, of late. I doubt much better than Port Vale sounded like. I've seen Northampton. It was certainly much better than Northampton, and it was certainly much better than um, what was the other one, Newport as well. So and cer- and uh, Crew, best away game of the season thus far. Yeah, it was, it was better than Crew in 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 some senses. I mean, we we our finishing was a bit better at Crew, but we we it would probably have more control over the game at Crawley than we did at Crew. Yeah. Um, and maybe our style defending was a little bit, our last ditch defending was a bit better against Crew because ultimately we you know we didn't give away any goals. But yesterday we gave away two. So our last ditch defending by the defenders and keeper was maybe a bit better at crew, but in terms of control of the game, I think um, last night was probably our, our best or best away to stay of the season. Really, I think we should have won the game in terms of chances created. We got our two goals and quite you know quite a few numerous other decent chances. Whereas Crawley pretty much had their two goals and that was about it. Um, like unless you can think of any others, I really can't. Um, yeah, so I'm much happy. I'm much happier with the way we played. 
really disappointing to lose the lead so late, which is, you know, you never, when you turn a game around from 1-0 down with 18 minutes to go to then be 2-1 up, it's, it's very frustrating to then throw it away and, and draw it, you know, draw it from that point on. So that is, is annoying without a doubt. I think we should, should have probably won the game. We're certainly the better of the two sides on, on the day. But it's a better performance against the Crawley side who have started the season well. They were seventh going into the game, uh, still seventh after it, as a matter of fact. But they're, you know, they're, they're a side who've started the season pretty well. So not the worst point drawing away at seventh in the league. Probably looks a bit worse in isolation because we are on one win in nine now. That's starting to get into slightly scary territory, one win in nine. But hey, we've we, we've much better performance and at least didn't lose the game. Hopefully yeah, it's well. good to take into the Cheltenham game. To cr- for for all the hard work to get our goals, two rubbish ones to give away. Like actually, rubbish. Uh, to be fair, they weren't quite that rubbish, but it, it's another case of dominating, out creating, and then failing. Not just failing to score more, but also seeing. Because I mean, we still scored two goals. We're still one of the top scorers in the league. It's just that we keep throwing away some pretty simple goals in through either good finishing or poor defending, like the penalty at the end. McFad seems far too high up. I don't know why he's trying to play man for man there. There he's got to drop in, make it five four one. He he's not a left mid, he's left he's basically left back at that point. And by by playing so high up, he leaves that space for the through ball to get in behind. If he's what, three, four, five yards deeper, he can probably get there first and clear it. And then why did he make the tackle? I mean it was poor decision. Yeah, I mean, even if he'd gone to take the shot, it's a tight angle with Ameson near Palmer there. You've got to trust him to make the save rather than give away the penalty. And then for the first, Baxter sort of half goes in for the tackle, doesn't quite get there. Then you've got Josh Grant and Sarsovic around him, don't get close enough, allow the cross in. Baxter hasn't repositioned himself to cut the cross out. It goes through a channel that neither the other two centre-backs, Sawyer or Ameson, can get to. And uh, was it Greg O'Cox? Just managed to get uh, get on the end of it and poke it home. Uh, it was such yeah. a tame cross as well. It was just, it was a bit of a daisy cutter, wasn't it? Really, it kind of yeah. trickled. It kind of trickled across. How there wasn't someone there to cut it out was was beyond me. But there we have it. For me, it's Baxter. Baxter's the one who's got to be there to cut it out because mm. I can see where why Sarswich and Grant are where they are. Baxter is almost it's almost like he if if you watch it back, he he sort of goes in for the tackle and pulls out, doesn't quite get there. That's fine. I mean, maybe if it's Edwards, he goes in and gets the ball, but maybe not. But then the really annoying thing is he doesn't realign himself. He's got to cut the passing channel. Ameson and Sawyer can't step out to do that because then they're opening up an even more dangerous channel, which is leaving a pass across the face of goal for a tap-in, the same way we've been creating chances. Yeah, they can't step forward. They have to hold their line and either try and block the shot or intercept the cross if it comes across the six-yard box. By cutting it back, that's the defensive mid-territory. That's Baxter's territory. That's where he should have realigned himself to block the ball. I guess, you know, with... I, I know you mentioned Edwards in that position then, Nick. Do you think what we saw with the first goal last night was some a wider... Uh, had, has, and it was an example, I suppose, of a wider influence that Baxter can have in that central defensive mid-position rather than Edwards, both good and bad, I suppose. I mean, for me... Uh, well, I t- I'll tell you what, I think Josh summed it up well in that Edwards is quite possibly our first choice, both now at defense, centre defensive mid and right wing back. Yeah, it seems that way. I'd then turn around and say that even so, m- moving Edwards maybe solves the problem at right wing back compared to Riley, but creates an even bigger one defensively at centre defensive mid. Um, and and it's really hard to analyse defending because what you're doing is analysing the art of preventing something from potentially happening. I mean, you're 
we again imagine if imagine if Edwards played there and or even Songo or something like that and he goes through and just takes the ball cleanly on the edge of the area and they never even get anywhere near putting the cross in. Every time like a defender wins the ball back, they're killing the potential for something to happen. For, for, for all we know, go a few games back and pick any random tackle by any defender. If they don't make that, he turns around and smash it in the top corner, a bit like Johnson Clark Harris for Bristol Rovers. Defending is the art of killing potential, so it's really hard to understand the impact. But looking at it statistically, Bax is winning the ball back far less than Edwards did in defensive mid. And it looks it looks to me already like we can see that he's not as much of a defender. Think, and that's, I think, a problem in the long run. Go on. I think um, different... I mean, I would be going for Edwards in, in central um, in central midfield pretty much 99 times out of 100. Because I think in the quite an attacking formation, you need a... That central midfielder needs to be more defensive-minded. But obviously, I think what you've got between the two players is you've got a more defensive-minded option and a more offensive-minded option. Um and clearly Ryan Lowe's obviously just wants to go for a more attacking option in that midfield role at the moment. Um, whether that's also a combination of not having anyone who can play on the right at the moment, because, I mean, is Riley injured or is Riley just not playing at the moment? Injured. Injured. No, injured. Um, and I don't think Tafari Moore is still a viable option. Um, Edwards kind of has to play on the right at the moment. Um, but I do think he'd be so much better in the middle still. He would. And I mean, I, I agree for what it's worth. As the only one that hasn't been to Crawley, I'm only relying on the highlights. But I suppose you can bring in the option that we got our first goals from the right wing in this game and the couple that Edwards got. Do you think realistically against teams that may perhaps sit back more often that Baxter could be a good option there in the defensive mid position and allowing Edwards to do more of what he did yesterday? Or do we think this is a one-off and in the end we're not going to see many goals from Edwards in that position and he should really go back to where he's best? Um, Just... Just, I was yeah, gonna say, just before you move on, I was going to say, worth noting that Riley did score against Northampton, but obviously not from the, well, you know, in a central yeah. free-kick position. Just worth noting. Sorry, I was going to say, Sam probably won for that one. Yeah, go on, Sam. Yeah, I think, I, I think Edward should should probably stay there, to be honest with you, because I think he'd... I mean, we, you weren't we, saying we, that during the match. During the match, you were talking about dropping him. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, sorry, did you or did you not say that you don't think he's in the... You, know, you wouldn't have him in the first team. You'd have someone else at right wing-back and someone else at defensive mid. I know you said it. Okay, yeah, I've just remembered can, saying can that. I had genuinely forgot well. saying that, but I did remember saying it. Listen, I'd, I'd, I'd had quite a few drinks. I think all my opinions I expressed during the 90 minutes are now invalidated. There were some worse ones than that. I'm glad, to, I'm glad oh, no yeah, analysis okay, is coming okay. from. It's coming from uh, sources. In, 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 in all seriousness, thank you. Mo- moving, moving, moving away from the ribbing, shall we call it. Um, he, had a, he had a very good game there, much better game than I maybe thought he'd have. He had the two goals, of course, but he had a good game apart from that. We... We've been talking on this podcast and many of us have mentioned it in our articles all season how there's such a gaping chasm between the left-hand side and the right-hand chasm. side. Chasm? In, in, you know, in, in creating... I wasn't going to off that one, chasm. but... No, a go chasm, on. yes. Beg your pardon, yes. A, a, a gaping... Yeah. A gaping... Um, no, I don't want, funnily enough. You wouldn't believe it. A gaping chasm, rather, between the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And that... <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got to compose myself Sorry, we'll just here. add that to the list of yeah, yeah, mispronunciations. Okay. It's getting quite long now. And, yeah, so that, that seems to have um, 
changed it a lot. Now, you could say it leaves a bit more of a gap in the, in the centre, defensive centre of the field, and I certainly agree Baxter isn't anywhere near as good defensively as Edwards is in that position. But I also think he does offer some stuff that Edwards doesn't in that position. I think he's a bit more of a passer. I think he, Edward, not again, Edward, you know, we'll disagree about Edwards passing, but I think one thing we can agree is that even if you rate Edwards passing in general higher than I do, he doesn't quite have the real sort of threaded through two or three players killer through ball like maybe David Fox had. And I think Baxter's got that a bit more. And I think in the Ryan Lowe style, if we are really going to go for it, maybe we need to sacrifice that little bit of defensive quality in there in order to have Edwards offering a real threat at wing back and in order to have Baxter passing up through the midfield. And Question, if, if when has have... Baxter done that this season? Not a great many times that I can think of. Not the there, answer... but I, think he, I don't think he has, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think he's done it more than Edwards. I mean, statistically mm. speaking, his passing's more safe than Edwards, but let's not... I mean, that's, that's that's a bit here and there, depending on, you know, it, it's almost self-fulfilling in that he passes yeah. it more, therefore he has more safe passes and so forth. Statistically, nevertheless, he is no more adventurous in his passing than Edwards as a defensive mid. Sorry, continue. Fair enough. I think he's got, a, even with that being the case, and I still think he's got a bit more, uh, for for one, he has it slightly self-fulfilling, and for two, I think he's got a bit more quality and scope that he could do that if Lowe drilled it into him than Edwards, which I think, again... No, we, we talk about how much low rates Edwards. Again, I think maybe we've got a slightly different view on that. But my view isn't just the fact that low that lower subbed him off a few times. It's the fact that against Newport and against Oldham, both times we said in the post-match interview, we wanted a bit more of a passer in there, or words to that effect. So I think there is that possibility that he's looking for someone in there who just has that little bit more refined passing ability, which I think Baxter is certainly capable of having, even if he's not done it yet. So I think if we have Baxter in there, if we have Edwards out right wing back, and in right central midfield, if we have someone who's just a bit more of a bit more of a refined passer than Sarsovic, to which I'd be looking at either George Cooper or Conor Grant with Edwards out right wing back, I think then with Cooper and Edwards or Conor Grant and Edwards, that could be looking at something more likely to replicate the partnership which we have down the left hand side. And heck, if that happens, if we can have nearly as good a partnership down the right, if we do have left, if that happens, heck, it doesn't really matter having Baxter in CDM because we're just outscore teams. Any thoughts on that? Because another point is two more goals largely sourced down the left. Obviously, McFadden's brilliant cross to the back post for um, Edwards to, to level the scoring rather, and then every I mean everyone knows that it was you know a pretty simple pass from Sarsvich and a pretty fantastic shot from Edwards. But everyone knows that if you take it back another step, that all comes from Danny Mayo with a fantastic bit of skill to beat his man and draw three players that makes all the space for Sarsvich to you know then have to make yeah. the simplest pass in his life really. And we should it say was pretty, it was pretty. Yeah. All I was going to say is, um, I think Welsh is still not quite of the standard we need, and I've not seen the stats, so Nick might be able to correct me here. I did get the impression Sarsovic's passing last night was a lot better. Would that be correct? Did you, would you agree with that or not? It, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was his best performance this season. Um, yeah, he did. He, he, was, he was still more of an impact player. You know, we didn't see him dropping back to pick up the ball as much. But you know, Sarsovic has always been a player that is, is fine once he gets into the final third. So as long as you're not expecting him to sort of thread through balls sort of thing in the same way that sort of Kerry Lamiris would have. He's fine playing little um you know, high risk passes through diagonals to, you know, beat a few beat a few players across a few yards. His problem is dropping back into the middle third, receiving it and driving it forward. You don't get that very much from him, nowhere near as much as Mayer. But last night, because we had a lot of the ball in the final third, yeah, he's alive. He you know I think he attempted the most high risk passes, I think that off the top of my head. Um and he had a pretty good success rate too. I thought he had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. With um, like, with things I noticed from Sarsovic last night, obviously, he did. Oh, it was, yeah, it was a simple pass for the assist, but he did get an assist, which is 
you know, all helps. And um, again, you got the you, you do get the same Sarsovic energy. You know, he was making good tackles, um, and he was he was you know trying to drive the ball forward, you know, at his feet, which in short bursts he can do. And he was he basically did all the things that he's good at. He did well last night. Um, didn't really notice his um, deficiencies as much. Uh, whether that's always a, know that's... what you're getting with him, don't you? You know, so he's always going to be able to bring that energy whilst he's not necessarily going to be able to get on the ball and turn and then run. Whereas running onto it, we always know he's got that in his locker. Where do we see that going forward? I know, Nick, we've read your article. If you've not, again, check oh, out argold.life. It's on there. Yeah. But um, with that kind of links into what we were saying about the right-hand side and the gaping chasm, if you like, between yeah. <laughs> between the pair, between the right and the left. Um Sarsovic which is one answer. Do we agree? I'm handing, handing this to Nick and Louis about the idea of playing Baxter deep and then having Cooper and Edwards on the left, on the right rather. Do we think that's a viable option that Sam's offered? I um I I would I would rather have Baxter and Mayer in the two centre mid roles and have um have Edwards at CDM with uh, with and Cooper he, on the right. Yeah. That would be my um mm-hmm. my starting team. I'd I could drop... very much live with that. I'd probably drop. What, I'd probably drop Sarsovic and just have him as that you know impact player for the last twenty minutes, which is what he's great at. Um, if we need to see our game, he can chase the ball down. If we need to go get some goals, he can you know just send balls forward for him to go and chase. You know, I actually don't mind the sound. The sound of that again. I I think we we lose a lot more by putting Baxter in that defensive mid role than we gain by bringing him in, just because there's quite a big trade off. We get slight, ever so slightly better passing. Hyper, and it's only hypothetical better passing. He's got. So we get ever so slightly better hypothetical passing, but we lose defensively far more. And you know, Ed, especially if Ryan Lowe wants to dominate possession, then one of the key elements of that is winning it back quickly. And that's what Edwards does better than anyone else in this team. He's in, you know, he's in so fast. The reason that Edwards racks up tackles far higher, uh, far higher rate than backs of the season in defensive mid is, you know, because he's really good at it. And whereas Baxter sort of you know hovers in the position and sort of stands off a bit, Edwards is you know right on their heels when they're trying to break away, get it back straight away. I think we lose something both in terms of protecting our goal, but also you know turning over that ball and maintaining waves of attack. We've seen that before. We see, I mean we saw that from the first day. I remember a shot on the first day came basically from him winning the ball back one two with uh, Joel Grant, and he had a shot that I think was blocked. Um, but at the same time, yeah, if we are playing a team that's difficult to break down, if we if we really want to persevere with Edwards a right wing back, I can see bringing Cooper in at centre mid is being a pretty good idea because he's quite he's quite similar to Mayer in that you know he's a bit of a mazy dribble, he's got the passing. Yeah, I think he can do that, and particularly he'll be able to cut him from the um, from the right and shoot in his left. And yeah, I think that's not a not a bad shout. But again, I'm I'm still all for Sarsvich as a right wing back potentially, just because. Again, if he's a player who's going to come live in the final third, then great. That's that's exactly what we want. That's literally all McFadden's doing on the other side. We don't see him do too much mm. otherwise. He just comes Fair alive enough. in the final third with great movement, great runs off the ball, and that's what Sarsvich is going to bring. And then he's a powerful dribbler. If you get him on the go into the penalty area, how many penalties is he going to win because a you know fullback's trailing a leg as he tries to fly past him? You know, how many times are you going to get to the byline and be able to cut it back? I think Sarsovic is going to do that as well as, if not better than anyone else on the far side. You look at the header Edwards got, and one thing, that's Edwards, you know, coming off his flank and getting a shot in. Riley hasn't had a single shot all season from inside the width of the six-yard box in the penalty area. Edwards' first 
second game there rather, he's already got a shot and he scored from it. You know, that's what we're missing from Riley. But I'll tell you who else can do that. Sarsovic. We know Sarsovic's great movement off the ball. We see that when he scores against Walsall, for example. Great movement off the ball. He would have been there to finish, follow that up and tap it into, no doubt. Maybe we merged the two suggestions then. We have the skillfulness of Cooper in right centre midfield. We have started right wing back and we have the defensiveness of Edwards at DCM. But then you lose Baxter and Baxter's got a lot of quality. So it's whichever way you cut it, somebody good doesn't play. But Let's look at the positive in that. Let's look what, at the positive in that. This is a, it, it's good to know we have that squad depth because say we lose one of these midfielders, we've got another one to step up and fill the gap. That's good. We, you know, we want that. There's certainly worse headaches yeah. to have. Absolutely. Um, the, the problem is at this moment, like as you said, Sam, one win in nine, and I, I haven't got much time in my mind that we'll beat Cheltenham on the weekend. Maybe we won't, but our home form, not sure home they form, but third. our home displays have been really good. And I, I, they're going to surely stroll to come down, and it doesn't matter where you are at this stage in the season. Yeah, and when we say one win in nine, that does include a couple of cup games. The Reading one where... Yeah, we did have the lead. The Rovers won where I think not a great deal of us were particularly They're both B about. teams, really. Yeah, so so there's that. But when you look at the the league form, I suppose one element that has been raised recently as a potential cause for concern is in defence. As we saw yesterday, there were a few changes made to that defence and there were still two goals shipped, as we've mentioned, you know, very poor ones to concede. Going forward, there are possibly question marks as there generally seem to be a lot of the time, about who is our first choice back three and who should be our first choice back three. I don't know. Shall we say Louis? Go on. Where would you stand on that? Uh, first choice back three. Um, from what I saw last night, Ameson's going to be in that central role. Um, seems probably the most composed on the ball out of the ones I've seen. Again, I've, I haven't seen tons of games so far, um, but that's what I'm basing it on. Um, I'd probably go... Canavan on one side, and the issue comes because I was going to say Sawyer on the other side. I think they both would rather be on the left. Um, so it would be a mixture of either Josh Grant, Canavan, and Sawyer for the other two spots. Um, but I was I was very pleased with obviously the defense is the weakest part of the team so far. I think, and um, I was really pleased to see that Ameson in his first start was um, looked very confident and looked. The best out yeah, of three. Yeah, certainly encouraging. Yeah, I would go. I I think that's a little harsh on Josh Grant. I think he's been not great in the air when he's been in the team, but in every other regard, he's been good. He's been probably the well, he is the quickest defender. He's the best. I think probably the best defender. I would say probably for distribution, maybe Canavan rivals him, but he's certainly in those certainly those two are the best two. Um, albeit I've seen games and play one game, but I think he's good with distribution. He he's got pace. His general awareness, marking, positioning, reading of the game is pretty good. Lacks a little bit in the air, but maybe you've got the other two to make up for him a bit for that. Ameson, I think, if you look at, you know, I only saw him play one game. I thought he was good, but not great last night. Um, but, he, you know, look at his pedigree. He was a regular, he was probably the best, best buried defender in a promoted team. So I think you've got to say Ameson's probably been, been coming, he's going to come in to be a starter, not a sub. So I would say Josh Grant, Ameson, that leaves one more role. And for the third, I think all three options have got flaws. Um, but I think the least flawed and the best on this day of the three is Niall Canavan. So I'd have Josh Grant, Ameson, Canavan. I guess the problem we have in that sense is that our best two players, as Sam mentioned, distribution-wise anyway, you'd probably be looking at Ameson and Canavan in that central role. 
So let's not hang on. Let's not forget that there's an easy solution to this, which is that Ameson played on the right side of the trio all of last season. Put him back there. It's not a difficult one, really. And there's a couple of things that need to be addressed here. One is with saying all oh, the defense is the problem. The next layer is to say why is the defense the problem, and you can break it down into a couple areas. One set pieces, and it hasn't. Cannon's taken a lot of slack because it's slack. He's taken a lot of stick because um, people are looking and saying. Newport goal, kind of a marking him. Um, what were the others? Oldham goal, kind of a marking him. And Paul one Bell of the Northampton kind of... ones, was it as well, if I remember right? Or no? Uh, no, no crosses for the Northampton one. Oh, they yeah, were, I'm, I'm confused. Well, the, well they were else. crosses, but not like they weren't set pieces like that. Uh, it, it was those three goals, and people looking at that saying, well, that clearly means Canavan's not strong in the air. Um, but in reality, Canavan's winning the most headers. He, well, he's competing for f- more aerial challenges than his two other centre backs put together. He's winning the highest percentage of them, even compared to Ameson this season. The problem is, that if, you, if you continue to throw the same aerial challenge at the same player over and over again, eventually he's going to lose some. And yeah, he, I, I don't really blame him for the Newport one. I know Josh is in agreement with me here. As, as a defender, you can't preempt that run across the box. If you st- Imagine if you're a defender and just start running because you assume the ball's going to go there. No, you can't. The player runs, you respond to him. That's how they get ahead of you. That's how they always get ahead of him. So I'm not, I don't really blame him for the Newport one. There's not much he can do. The player runs, the player gets there first because he obviously started running first because he instigates the run. Oldham one is a bit disappointing, but at the end of the day, he'd won, I think, almost every header up to that point. And you know, you're know you going to lose a header every now and then. The one I'm really annoyed with is the Port Belt one. That was a case of um, he tried to block him off and completely failed and allowed him to get the free header in. That was you know poorly execu- poorly planned, poorly executed. He should have just gone for the header. And there was another moment in that game that most won't have seen because it's not in the highlights, in which he's marking a man at the back post after a set piece um, and then repositions to the centre without communicating it to anyone. And just and as a result, they get a header at the back post, which goes wide. Um, so there's a couple of things. One is set pieces. That can be helped. If Canavan's not the only one who's always having to mark the biggest player on the opposition team, if you can bring Ameson into challenge, that's fine. They can, you know, split the defensive work rate. Another thing is going to be communication. I think Ed is another thing we didn't mention with regards to Edwards, which is that he's obviously going to be better organised, defensively speaking, than Baxter back there. And I think we're lacking that, especially if Josh Grant plays ahead of Sawyer because he's not going to be as vocal. Canavan's never been as vocal, but Ameson looks like he is. So you get Ameson in there. With Edwards, that's two more vocal players to organise the defence a bit better. And then, otherwise, I think another key thing I've spotted is full-backs starting too high. They're, they're playing almost as right and left midfielder rather than right and left full-back. And there's been a couple of examples when they've just been a bit too high and they're leaving space in behind this, you know, the right and left central defenders to be exposed. And that's that's the area they, you know other teams are going to target. If they can get their quick player running... I don't know, a Sawyer or an Ameson or whatever, down the flank, that's where they're going to get in behind and square across for a chance. So, you know, there are three sort of areas to work on. To get a team with more communication and leadership, that probably helps by getting Ameson and Edwards involved in the defence. There's bringing Ameson in with Canavan, so you've got your two best headers in there to head away set pieces, because we're a pretty small team, particularly if Brian Taylor doesn't play. And then finally, it's going to be to get the wing back. She's playing a bit deeper. I like the man-to-man high pressure when we're in the middle third and they're attacking their defensive third. Once we're in our third, we're defending. Bring them back along and form that solid flat five. You know, and make them throw the ball in or make them come to us rather than leaving the space for them to attack. Sorry, that went on a bit longer than planned. Oh, it was almost poetic. Um, 
Anyway. I'll go. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to be a him. You've got to go. <laughs> no. Kick off, Dan. Kick off. I want to plant this hosting gig again, all right? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, is if anybody... Um, has any other thoughts on the defence? I mean, we could bring this into looking ahead to the Cheltenham game at the weekend and maybe, you know, how would people approach that one? And I'll give it to Sam because we haven't heard from him for a little while. Thank you. Yeah, I would um, keep, I would put kind of, well, we don't know, we don't know why kind of what didn't play. I mean, a lot of people just said, give it the old typical line of, oh, he's dropped, leaping crap. But as Nick said, I think he's not been on the best of form, but he's not been quite as bad as some are saying. And I, well, yeah, I I think Nick maybe rates Canavan a touch harder than I do, but I would incline to agree that he probably isn't worthy of being dropped over Wooten. I would, you know, if you're going to drop him, I would at least have him on the bench over Wooten. So maybe it's an injury. Maybe obviously, you know, uh, we've already we've seen this on the club website. Said it's been it's been confirmed that he's got diabetes. So the timing of the announcement could that be something to do with why he didn't play last night? Purely, you know, the timing of it, we don't know. But if he was fit, fully fit, and completely dropped from the 18. I think that's harsh. Um, if he's going to be fit to play Saturday, I would probably put him back in for Sawyer at left centre-back. I'd keep the other two the same. Obviously, Palmer, I'd keep the same. I think with a lot of reflection, I would keep Edwards at right wing-back. And I think I would go for my suggestion of back to the deepest. And I would bring... It seems harsh to drop Sarge because he did have a good game last night. But I think on the whole, on the, in the long term, George Cooper's going to be better. So I would put George Cooper in for Sarcevic in right centre midfield. And... If Byron Moore's maybe got a bit of a knock, or even if he hasn't got a knock, I think Telford's a better player. So I would maybe go Telford and Jog right up front. So that would be only two changes I would make. And no, sorry, three changes. I'd say Canavan in for Sawyer, Cooper, George Cooper in for Sarcevic, and Telford in for Byron Moore. Depends who's fit. If Canavan isn't fit, then obviously, you know, leave him out. If there's any other reason why he's been left out mentally or whatever, then sure. And I should also say, actually, I'm fine with low dropping him for the right reasons, just not for the wrong reasons. If it's to give him a rocket up the arse, then I'm all for that, because he does look like he's been... I'm sure he hasn't been coasting. I think he's just got a laid-back style. But he does look like he's been coasting a little bit in recent games, particularly in Northampton, which is really you know grating to watch. So if it's to give him a rocket up the arse, then fair enough, and I hope it works. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'd like to see Canavan back in with Ameson. Um, oh, I'm not actually sure, to be honest. I'd, I haven't looked too well at um, what Cheltenham do if they don't really pose much of a threat um, in the central defensive midfield position then sure keep backs there see if he can do something otherwise I still want to see Edwards come back thinking in the long run he's the best option there but it's nice to have the flexibility um, to me I've, I've, I know some people are already questioning him but now I'm in full trust of Ryan Lowe even if I disagree with a couple of his selection decisions so let's see what he chooses plenty of time to go of course nine games out of 46 yeah yeah. we can be more than relaxed at this point I'm I mean, sure let's, let's, let's not forget about last time we were here when Pompey went on an insane winning run in the final what 10 games of the season and charged from not looking like automatics to winning the league title form at the end of the season is what's going to dictate this more than anything and if we click sometime between now and February, then we're going to go on a, a run of form that will probably put us in the top three. I like that level of optimism. Um, Louis, your <laughs> opinion on Saturday? Um, it would be a case of, uh, like I said, obviously we don't know about Canavan, so bringing in Canavan, because I, I don't think, while I don't want to rate him as highly as most people, he's probably our second best centre back. Um, and I'd put him in for either Sawyer or Grant. Um, I'd stick Edwards back in centre mid, push Baxter up to attacking midfield. And probably try Cooper on the right, um, but that's me just wanting to see if see if something different works, and also trying to get all of our best players on the pitch. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. I, I I'm going to just echo the sentiments of what we said earlier. It's 
again, it's we're nine games into a completely new regime, and it's gonna. It, I don't know. It we can't take obviously two years for it to work, but it's still gonna take time, and it's hopefully progressively gonna get better. Of course, yeah. I mean, as we said, it's. Well, I'm, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself here, but nine games into the season, I don't think anybody here is realistically still expecting us to fin- finish ninth, are they? I mean, anyone? Sam, no. <laughs> I think it's more like you, I think it's more like you will come ninth than come third. But I, I'm probably Keep now digging. Le- I'm probably now leaning to think we'll come at the lower end Keep of playoffs, probably digging. sixth or seventh. I just want to say, if we'd recorded this after Port Vale instead of after Crawley, then you would have been saying something totally different and we all know it, but let's not dig into that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that, that was just let's a heat of the moment. Into that. Port Vale was a bit of a heat of the moment reaction. I, I threw a bit of a hissy fit after the Port Vale game, probably wrongly, but... <laughs> probably wrongly, yes, but I think um, <laughs> Crawley... Um, Crawley, well, there wasn't much better before, but it is more evidence, and to be honest with you, I think after I, on the Sunday, after I cooled down and, you know, examined my initial reaction to the Port Vale game, I did see it in a lot more perspective, so... Yeah, but I, I, as I've said, I, I, well, as I've said, well, I haven't changed my view that much. I still think it's more likely we'll come ninth than come third, but probably somewhere in between. We'll say. I mean, if we do have a very unlucky or suddenly it falls apart season and we do finish ninth, this Sam is going to be unbearable to listen to. I probably oh, shouldn't yeah. be promoting this as much as I. <laughs> I I'm going to quit if that happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to be some sort of bunker that we go into just to avoid him for the three months of pre-season. Oh, it's a worrying thought. I really, really hope I'm wrong, and I really hope we do come <laughs> automatic promotion as you all seem to be expecting, and you're all taking the mick out of me or someone. I'd, I'd love nothing more than that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't, but I'd, I'd love it if it did. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, um, so we've gone through what our lineups will be or what we think our lineups might be. So a quick one, just in as few words as possible, we're going to go for predictions for Cheltenham at home at the weekend, starting with Nick. Um. Go on, let's say 2-0. No, no, no that's, that's well, assuming competent no. defence. 2-1. Louis? Uh, let's be optimistic. 4-1. Nice, nice. Sam? Uh, that's a buzzer for the Christmas Oh my quiz. God, yeah. <laughs> what was that, by that's the way? Weird. Some, <laughs> that's going to sound weird to the headphones. Oh, no, no. 1-1. Oh, God. <laughs> It's always the way. There's got to be one of us, isn't there? Um, what am I going to go for? I forgot to include myself in this. Um, let's say 3-1 Argyle. There's, let's not be that guy. So anyway, that's all we've got time for. And that's the end of our show. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, our website, argyle.life, is always available for the news, opinion, analysis surrounding Argyle from all of us. And for now, from us, goodbye. Bye. Bye. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.